chapter 15. I want to read verse 2 tonight. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. I want to point our attention for tonight's installment, part three of Abide. It's coming from verse two and it says, every branch in me uh, that does not bear fruit, he takes away every branch that bears fruit I want you to key your attention on one word and we're going to talk about this one word tonight he prunes all right so i want to begin to lay the foundation tonight about this word about pruning so we're continuing our series on abide and it's very important that you understand that the purpose of this message series is so that you may understand the benefits and the protections in remaining in jesus this, like I said, I've been saying to you for the last few weeks is one of the most important message series that you will ever hear because the importance is if you're going to live this life, you have to remain in Christ. You have to abide in him. Last week, we talked about when Jesus connected the idea of abiding to do two things. He connected, to, he connected it to his word and he also connected it to answered prayer. And a lot of times our prayers do not go answered because we have not abide and remained in him. We allow other things to become idol of ours. We make things into idols and that's, and that's why you're not seeing answered prayer. Because a lot of times when we pray, we don't pray in the wrong, we pray with wrong intention and wrong motive. Oftentimes we pray, we don't pray with confidence because we really don't know who Jesus is. So the important thing that you have to understand is you have to abide in him. You have to make you have to make your dwelling place Christ. The reason why we don't abide in him as often and as we should as often as we should is because we're not content with Jesus. He doesn't make we we're not content with him. And so the very important the very important part that I'm trying to stress to you is to be content in him. Where all you find, where, where whatever you're searching for and looking for, that you're at a place in your life where you are solely content with being in Christ. That's where I want to be in my life. To get to the place where I'm fully content. I feel like I'm lacking nothing. Why? Because I'm in him. The reason why you're feeling like you're lacking something because you still feel like what you need is outside of Jesus. That's why when you, when you get success, it don't feel fulfilling. Why? Because you still feel as though you need some more because you're not content. And being content in Christ is the very important thing. So tonight I want to continue this idea, this thought about pruning. Because this is a very important part. This is why people don't remain in Christ. Here's the deal. Verse 2. Let's stay here for a second says every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away in other words we're going to talk about pruning that those who are solely professors who profess christ we have a lot of those it's popular professing jesus that's not a real heart thing see it's about moving from profession to actually uh, 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 um, moving from a place of profession to actually believing it in your heart 
and really once you believe it in your heart and become fully convinced, a lot of people are not fully convinced with Christ. That's why they don't give all of themselves to him. Because they're not fully convinced. They're not fully convinced of his promises. They're not fully convinced of what he can do for your life. And so when you're not fully convinced about something, you'll search the truth from somewhere else. (laughs) Because you're not fully convinced. The reality is, is that even those that are real people who are not really, uh, uh, they are, for better words, lukewarm, those people that he's talking about, every branch that is in me that does not bear fruit. Those people who are, have not allowed the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be produced out of them, those that are in me, he says, I cut away. I, I separate them. Because the reality is, is that if, if I have more branches that are in me that not, that's not bearing fruit, it's going to cause harm to the ones that are. So I got to cut them away. So, ladies and gentlemen, what is it to prune in the in the in the in, uh, in the Greek? It comes from this Greek word katharos. And so it comes from this Greek word here. And what does it mean? It really pretty much means to uh, cut away. It means to cleanse. It means to purge. It means to get away the filth. And that's what it's that. that, and, And filth and impurities. There are times in our lives where Jesus will do maintenance on us. There are times where God, because they said in verse one that God is the vine dresser. That means he takes care of its bushes and its tree and its and its uh, and its branches that are upon the tree. And so, in other words, what it's doing is he's trimming off those bad branches. So that so that the ones that are bearing fruit can produce even more. Are you hearing me? Can I teach it to you tonight? So the reality is, is ladies and gentlemen, that he is in a place of trimming. It's cut away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. You can never grow when you have all of these branches that are around that are not bearing anything. You cannot really the kingdom of God really cannot grow when you have a bunch of lukewarm folk controlling it. The kingdom of God can never grow and prosper when you have the faces or people that are representing the kingdom of God in such a way that are counterfeits. The kingdom of God cannot grow with counterfeits. And so what he does is I remove those that are in me that does not bear any fruit so that the real ones can come forth. So I got to get rid of counterfeits. So not only does he deal with people who do not bear fruit, but also... Uh, uh, those who really do not bear fruit, but he also deals with those who do bear fruit. This is very important to your life because he also deals with you. Do you not understand that pruning, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the most common tree maintenance procedures? It's very important. Normally with the natural trees that you see out here in the garden, nature takes care of its grooming. But those bushes and branches that require a vine dresser to shape them grows through maintenance so that it can grow properly. Are you hearing me? The reason why those who do not don't remain in Christ is because when it comes to the pruning process, they don't like it because it requires precision. 
Oh my God. It requires us to go deep and down and deal with ourselves. Even those who are fruitful has to then come in reality of where we are to make sure our motives, our attitude, our thinking are all still in sync with God. God is saying I'm dealing with the color uh, the coloration that you experience from other branches that tried to latch onto you. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is dealing with those shoots that you know those little green things that sprout up from the little branches. He said, "Yeah, I'm cutting those off too." Those who want to clout chase cutting those off too i'm getting rid of you he said because he's taking you through a process of pruning so that you the christ-like nature in you can be revealed the pruning process, ladies and gentlemen, is all a part of abiding in Christ. We've told you about the blessings, but we don't tell you about the pruning process that God will take you through a process of trimming you and cutting things away. And this is the part where people don't like. This is the part that people don't preach about because they, he trims you in order so he can bless you. But you don't want to go through that process because you don't want to experience hurt. You think everything needs to be lollipops and roses. You preach to Jesus. Oh, Jesus is so cool. He did it to this. He did it. Yes, he is. But at the same time, he is about his. Oh, my God. He's about his business. And if you're not really about his father's business, he don't have time for you. All right, you don't want this type of gospel. It's the very truth. Ladies and gentlemen, so how does God take us through this process of pruning? Ladies and gentlemen, how does he take us through a process of pruning? It says that God the Father is the vine dresser. He is careful with how he goes about cutting because the cut has the potential to change the growth of the tree. No branch should be removed without a reason. No branch can be removed without a reason because certain branches, oh my God, begins to feed nutrients to other branches. Uh, okay. Here, here's how God prunes us, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the reason why I want you to look at this thing. Look at this. This, my friend, is a Bible. Look at your phone. There's a Bible app on your phone. You want to know how it prunes you? He prunes you through this. The word of God is what brings man into, oh my God, brings man one-on-one -on -one with how far, far, we, far excuse me, we are from God. Are you hearing me tonight? John chapter 17 verse 7 says sanctify. It says sanctify yourself, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is the truth. This is not subjective. This is the absolute authority. This is God's word given to man that was breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. This word, ladies and gentlemen, has the ability to condemn you of sin. This word, ladies and gentlemen, inspires holiness and also it promotes growth. So not only does it condemn of sin, Oh my God, not only does it does that, but it also promotes holiness. 
a holy lifestyle. Holiness has nothing to do with what you wear if your dress is all the way down to your ankles. It has nothing to do if you wear makeup. It has nothing to do if you have tattoos. It has nothing to do with any of that. Holiness has simply to do with have you been living a life that is set apart for God. You can have a life set apart with God with tattoos on. You can have a life set apart with God with makeup on. You can have a, you have, it's about having a life that is set apart with God. People have, people have taken holiness to be something that fits people's own, uh, 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 people's own, uh, uh, what's the P word I'm looking for? Preference. Holiness is not a preference, it's a lifestyle. It's not your personal preference, it's God's preference. Are you hearing me tonight? It's not about what type of hairstyle, if I got a line in my head or not. It's not your, what do you mean? It's, it's not your preference. Because guess what? If you're going to win a world that's out there, they ain't going to look like your preference. They're not going to look like who you are around. But you have to promote holiness and begin to have their life conform to what this word says. How do you, how does a band, how does a young man cleanse his way? That's what the book says in Psalm 119. He says, how does a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. In the same very text, it says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I telling you? Why am I so hard? And why are you going to hear me talk about abiding? Because God has us on an assignment. He is commanding you to grow. He's commanding you to thrive. He's commanding you to grow up. You don't have time to be still on the milk of the word. You don't got time. There's a purpose that God has for your life. There's an assignment that God has on your life. And he don't got time for you to keep playing with your destiny. To keep playing with your purpose. You better get inside. God and dwell within him because if you don't you'll be stuck while everybody else is prospering you got somewhere to go you have somewhere to go the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 chapter 4 verse 12 that the word of God is a, like a two-edged sword He said the word of God is powerful and living and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart of God. When you begin to read this, you begin to understand that the word of God is reading you like a book. The word of God is reading you like a book. You read it and you look at it like, oh my God, I didn't know I was like that. I didn't know I had pride. I didn't know I was stubborn. I didn't know, I, oh God, I didn't know I was jealous. I didn't know I had envy right there. I didn't know I had malice and anger when that person cut me off on the side of the road. I didn't know I had that. It's keep on letting you know I got room to go. I got still, I got still somewhere to go. Don't let nobody make you feel like you below them because you ain't the same way in your walk with Christ. You, they still got a long way to go just like you do. They ain't nobody perfect on this earth. There's only one man that was perfect. And that was Jesus the Christ And there's no other name Other heaven and earth That men can be saved Unless they believed in the name of the Jesus Christ 
The reality of the matter is if you stay under God, if you stay under Him, God will take you up and bring you to where you're supposed to be. He said, I'm a, he, he begins to discern your heart, discern what your motives is. You know you shouldn't talk to her. You know you shouldn't talk to him. You know you should connect yourself there. God begin to speak to you and begin to put in your spirit such conviction. It's not condemnation. Just because you hear God telling you no, he ain't condemning you. He's bringing you into a place of authority. You gotta grow up. You gotta grow up. The word of God, ladies and gentlemen, is a mirror. It's a mirror. Christ is the mirror. Christ is what you're looking at in the mirror and you're drowning yourself up like, oh, I still got some way to go. Hallelujah, you think pastors are that close with God? Listen, pastors still got a ways to go with God. I don't care who you are. You ain't got every all the unpack. You still got a ways to go with God. I still look at this and say my life is still not there yet. Hallelujah. It probably it's not going to get there. But I'm going to fully keep going. Oh my God. Because I'm being shaped into the image of God. And I know eventually I'm going to look like he looks. I'm going to talk the way he looks. The more I keep looking at this thing. I'm going to reflect and look at myself. And say I Brandon. You know you can't do that. Brandon you know you got to get better. Bra the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 23 through 25 it says for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he Verse 25 says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. We taught you to jump around in circles. It's going to give you a blessing from God. We've taught you that God is a genie. You don't have to do nothing. Just rub on him. Give me a Tesla, give me a Tesla, give me a Tesla. We've taught you that God is your own personal Santa Claus. We've taught you that, oh my God, you don't have to do anything. You don't got to live holy. You don't got to do anything like that to be blessed from God. Lies. It says when a man looks at this in the mirror in the mirror and is a hearer, uh, not only a hearer, uh, a hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Why are you not blessed in what you do? Because this thing gives you wisdom on what to do. Yeah. I am not talking about the wisdom that you can get from other people. Yes, you can. But this book gives you so much wisdom on how to live life. Everything pertaining to righteous living. It's found here. Listen to me very clearly. You have to look at this thing. I'm, I already told you how to read the scripture. Let's do it again. What words do you see that stands out to you? Hear. Hear doer. Observing. 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 What, 
immediately work. And so you and so you read to comprehend. So if if for if anyone is a, a what a hearer, you got to ask yourself who, what, when, where, and why. What is going on? Why is he saying the things that he's saying? What point is he trying to make? James is trying to say, if for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So pretty much saying, if you're not a doer of the word, but yet if you're only a hearer, if you're only a hearer, it's like you heard the word, but you went back to what you used to do in layman's terms. But here's the contrary to that person in verse 23 and 24. Verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues what? In it. So if I'm continuing to not only be a hearer, but also a doer and is, and is, and is not a forgetful hearer, because what happens is you can hear all of this nice preaching for this moment, right? And leave out and forget everything I preach. All I know is the man hollered, he sounded good, and that's all I remember. How many of you all done that? I don't know what another thing he talked about. Forget, but, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. You will be blessed in what you do. Your hands will be blessed in what you do. You have to, can, you have to stop seeing pruning as a negative. It is a real positive thing. But again, it's a matter of your perception. Now, now the other thing that we must begin to deal with is why does he do this? He does this because that, that the fruitful vine may produce even more fruit. Common reasons for pruning are to remove dead branches, to improve form, and to reduce risk. The more you hide yourself in the word of God and you hide it in the heart, the more you reduce the risk. How many of y'all looking for that special someone in the room? How many of y'all looking for Okay. How many of you all actually have one? Or that one you think is special? Okay. Cool. So how do you do that? If you're going to live it and you're going to do it right, the more and more you hide in God's word, the more you can reduce the risk of temptation. All right, I'll keep it moving. So what should our perspective be of pruning? This is, this is very important. Number one, God prunes because he loves. This is because he loves you. It's not a punishment. This is not punishment, people. Listen, God is not pruning you because he hates you. Because he don't like you. People really do believe that God hates them. That God is against them. People confuse sometimes God with him being the enemy. God is not your enemy. God is not your enemy. God, ladies and gentlemen, is your father. He prunes because he loves Give me, ladies, give me, give me uh, Hebrews chapter 12. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, it says, For the Lord disciplines those he what? Loves. And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own child. Whoever heard, whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? Whoever heard of that? That's what the New Living Translation says. Whoever heard of that? You, oh my gosh. Come back into alignment. Sometimes they got to knock you back down to size. Sometimes you get ahead of yourself and say, oh, I don't need God no more. I got it under control now. God says, okay, let me knock you back down to size. So you realize that apart from me, you can't do nothing, brother. You can't do nothing, sister. I'm going to bring you back to where you think you are. You think you're big and bad. You think you can do whatever you want to do. You think you, you think you can do what? All right, cool, do it. But if you really mind, he said, if you really mind, if you are really a child of mine, then what I do is I discipline those I love. <laughs> why, do you, why does a parent discipline their child? So that they be able to understand right from wrong. Why does a parent discipline their child so they can walk up orderly? Why does a parent discipline their child to help to promote growth with them? Because if you never discipline them, then they'll always act like a little child. They'll never grow up. Hallelujah. He says, I accept you as our child. This is how you know the difference between who's of God and who's not of God. Is that he disciplines those he loves. And you look at everybody like, God, why they don't go through the things that I go through? Because they're not his. <laughs> no, they're not his. God, why, why does it seem like they got it easy? They can just get away with any old thing. I do one little thing and seem like you put me back in order because God got a bigger purpose on your life. Let me tell you something. There's certain things that God will do because he won't let you go. He won't let you go out that far in the deep. He'll have that. He got that rope on you. Bring you back in so fast and say, come on, what you think you're doing? That ain't you. Say, but I, I just want to have, I just want to listen. That ain't you. That's not you. That's not who you are. Come on back home. And you know what? And when years down the road, sometimes people don't really understand what their parents were doing until they get much older to appreciate it. Why is that? Because you realize if they had not done what they have done, they would not be the men and women that they are today. If God has not pulled you back in, you wouldn't be blessed as you are blessed. You wouldn't have the favor that you have on your life that you have. You wouldn't have any of that. But in the moment, you don't see it that way. In the moment, you just see it as, man, this is jacked up. You don't see it that way. Come on, let us all be honest in the room. Abiding in Christ in that time when he takes you through a pruning process, dealing with your purpose, dealing with, okay, God, I'm dealing in a career change. What are you doing? What is all, all of that is confusing. And you like, man, I thought this was a great opportunity. God said, hot, you thought, come on back home. And then in the process of doing all of that, you, you, you and I get to a place of complaining, throwing a hissy fit and say, man, I don't want to do this, man. You don't understand, man. You know what I'm saying? You go through all of this, you go through all of these changes and all that stuff like that. And God says, okay, yeah, I hear you. You complaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't going to move me. You guess what? You know, I still got a plan over your life. And then what happens is God sets you up with something and you was complaining about that little small opportunity when God said, here I have, this is what I was working on all along for you. But if you would have just abided in me and if you allowed my word to abide in you, you would have seen what I'm trying to do. God ain't trying to punish 
bless you. God ain't trying to have you stop your fun. God wants you to live an abundant life. One that the kingdom of God is one of peace and joy and holiness in the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. There ain't no more adventurous than being in God's word. Number two, watch this. God prunes, God prunes excuse me, in order that the Christ-like nature, in order that Christ-like nature, uh, God prunes that we may continue to grow. Excuse me. Again, that you may continue to grow. The idea is God is about your growth. He's about promoting your growth. How is it that you're going to grow if you're still staying, if you're not abiding in him? God is so that how many of you want to be fruitful? You want to actually leave behind something. That's what it means to be fruitful. It ain't about it ain't about all of this, all of this material. No, it's about remaining with something. It's about remaining with a legacy. Let me tell you something. If I die tonight, you want to know what? I have fruit that's going to remain because my life had meant something because I was here. I did something meaningful. Why is that? People are searching for things to give you some type of prestige. It's not about being prestigious. It's about living a life that is worthy of God. And that guess what? And men could see that and call you worthy. Oh man. Are you hearing me tonight? Look at you. You got to say to yourself, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. Your life going to have some meaning to it. You're going to grow to a place where it's though that your people are, that come from you, come out under your line and people that are, uh, that are attached to you can experience the favor that you have on your life. Sometimes God will set you free so that you can set other people free so that you can show them the way to go. But if you're still stuck on yourself and it's I, 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 you will never go anywhere. Are you hearing me tonight? Number three, I'm ending with this. God prunes for his glory. God does not care about anything else besides one thing and one thing only. This is something that you will always have ringing in your head. That God don't care about nothing else besides what? His glory. God don't care about, again, your chicken fries, your macaroni, mashed potato eating, cookie cake cutter, cake churches. He don't care about none of that. He cares about one thing, his glory. Ladies and gentlemen, God don't care about your attitude. He don't care about your plans. He don't care. He doesn't care about how you feel towards him. You'll get it together. Because either you are going to pursue his glory or not. God can do it with you or without you. God does not need none of us. He chooses to partner with us. Key word is he choose. But he does not have to. And if you don't conform, somebody else will conform. If you don't put up, then he'll get somebody else to do it. If you don't want to be blessed, he'll give it to somebody else. If you don't want to use his gift, you'll get the gifts that he gave to you to his glory, then he'll give it to somebody else.
What you will refuse to do, somebody else will do. You know why? Because they care about his glory. John chapter 15 verse 8 says it like this. By this my father is glorified that you may, that you may, I mean, excuse me, that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. What is the key word you see there? By this my father is what? Glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. This is how we know that you are the real disciple, being in him. Because guess what? Again, it's not about you and I. Don't you get it? If I refused to do what God was calling me to start TCF, he would have did it with somebody else. It doesn't matter. God is no respecters of Brandon. He is no respecters of you. He doesn't care. All he cares about is his glory. If Brandon refused to do it, he'd say, Dom, do you want to take on this opportunity? If Dom says no, he'll say, Phil, do you want to take on this opportunity? Phil says no. Brittany, he don't care. God has plenty of people to choose from. He just so happily chooses you. I got something I'm going to say, but I'm gonna, I'll keep it to myself. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. God cares, again, about his glory, that he may be glorified. That everything you get, do points back to him. He said, let your, Jesus said, let your light so shine so that all the world will see. And the only way you do that is by abiding and staying in him. That's the goal of this whole thing, that he may be glorified. Point blank, period. God is no, he, listen, God don't mind blessing you, but he don't, he don't share his glory for no man. Don't mind blessing you, but he ain't going to share his glory with nobody. That's what you are a recipient of his favor. That's all. And you are a son of God. Stand to your feet tonight. Look at somebody say, you got to stand in the pruning. Stand in the pruning. Hallelujah. Look at him and say, be. Hallelujah. Be glorified. Hallelujah, be glorified, yes. Hallelujah, be glorified. Hallelujah, be glorified. Be. Hallelujah, we're getting out of here. Be glorified. Hallelujah, be glorified, Good God, be glorified. Come on, lift it up all over the 
Rambico.